This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. More than two-thirds of the pastors were actually in the right-sized church. They just knew that they were where they're supposed to be. Hi, I'm Carl Vaders, and I'm a small church pastor, and welcome to Can This Work in a Small Church? My podcast guest today is Gene Morgan, and the subject is small church pastor personality types. Gene is a small church pastor who recently did his master's thesis on this subject. Is there a correlation between a pastor's personality type and the size of their congregation? So in this episode, Gene and I talk about the way he made this assessment, the initial results of the assessment, and the possible impacts of those results for us as small church pastors. Don't forget to stick around when the interview is done. I'll come back with an overview of the content and an answer to the question, can this work in a small church? Well, welcome, Gene Morgan, to the podcast. It is great to have you on as a guest. And it's a pleasure to be here, Carl. Gene, you and I have known each other for several years. We actually pastor in connecting towns here in Southern California, me in Fountain Valley and you in Westminster. You then all of a sudden had this crazy idea that you wanted to get a master's degree. And partway through that, actually fairly close to the end of that, you got a hold of me because you had to figure out how to do a master's thesis and uh, we had a couple conversations. And so, in fact, a lot of the listeners to this podcast actually have participated in the study we're going to be talking about right. today. So I want to start, first of all, by thanking all of you listeners who were readers who participated in the survey. So let's get to what, what did you do? What was your master's thesis about? And how did you come to the point of, of, of doing this research? That's what we're going to be drilling in on today. God really placed on my heart that we should do a second master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. But I knew that it had to relate to the church. And so you and I, before we really got going into this, had a discussion. You came up with some really great ideas. Does personality have an impact on the size of church that you grow? Specifically the personality yeah. of the pastor. Does, yeah. does the personality of the pastor really play into the size of a church? And so doing a little bit of research, we found out that there's what are known as the big five or ocean model, model you know, openness to experience, okay, conscientiousness. Let's, 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 let's pause that. on this because people like me who don't do these kinds of assessment tools who are and so smart, on. Who don't do these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or who need or need to depend on the wisdom of folks like you who have done these studies. There are a bunch of assessment tools out there. Some of us have heard of the DISC assessment tool. The Enneagram oh, yeah. is really popular right now and so on. But you used an assessment tool called Ocean because it is a five-step. It actually focuses on what they 
the research over the years, they call it the big five. Okay, and, and each, each letter traits. in the word ocean stands for one step one in the process. The so walk me through what they are. The O stands for? Um, yeah, originally, it was open to experience, but when they did a revise to BFI 2, they changed it to open-mindedness. Okay, so O is open-mindedness. C is? Conscientious. Okay, E is? Extraversion. A is agreeableness. And N? It was neuroticism, but now they call it negative emotionality. That's, that's a good change. <laughs> <laughs> but keep in mind, with each one of these, you have a continuum. Right. So, you know, open-mindedness, closed-mindedness. Right. Conscientious. So it measures each of these yeah. different characteristics on a scale. But you, you were using this tool to try to assess what? Trying to assess were there certain personality traits or combination of traits that played into the size of a church that one may pastor. We focused on attendance, not membership, because there's some churches that have a high membership, very low attendance. And so we focus on attendance numbers. Gotcha. Yeah, which is a very important distinction to make. It's a question I get a lot when I talk about being, you know, ministering to small churches. They'll say, do you mean membership or do you mean regular attendance? And we always focus on attendance because you can have some churches out there, like you said, you've got you know, some churches that'll have 500 people on the books and don't have 50 people on a Sunday. Right. And you've got others that are congregationally led where, you, where the membership standard is much higher and they can have 200 people on a Sunday, but only have 100 official members. Right. And it depends on how they view membership. So we are always talking about regular attendance on the week, main weekend services because that is a better determiner of how you pastor and the, the number of people whose names you need to remember, how many people are going to show up for particular events. So people who are on a membership list that don't ever show up except for Christmas and Easter, you're not really pastoring them. And so it doesn't really register in the kind of pastor you need to be. When we're talking about a size of church, we're talking about typically attendance at average, the main weekend service. Average weekend attendance, exactly. yes. Okay, so the question that that we were looking at, that you were looking at, was is, is there a correlation between the typical size of a church and the typical personality type of the pastor? Right. Not as a way of, well, then obviously you need to change your personality type in order to get bigger, but suitability may be there in, in trying to discover why some churches are small, why some churches are big, why some ch pastors are happier in a smaller congregation and, and doing better ministry in a smaller congregation. Maybe that's where they're supposed to be and maybe personality is actually part of of the reason why we're in a smaller congregation. And some and, and what I appreciated about your approach to it was it wasn't about trying to fix small churches or fix small church pastors. It was about trying to understand suitability. How did you approach this? And, and again, even before I get to that question, one of the things I appreciate about this is I have been talking and writing for years about the lack of really good metrics about small churches. One of the reasons why it's harder is because in a small congregation, uh, when you've got 20 people in the room, metrics don't matter so much. Relationships are all that matter. Right. When you've got a congregation of 2,000, then percentages and metrics may mean a lot. But for small churches in general, that is, you know, why are small churches in general this way? How do small churches function uh, as, as a group of like-minded ministry people? Uh, I, there hasn't been even enough metrics done on that, as in all the tens of thousands of small churches in the country, why are there no metrics about how they work, or very few metrics, about how they work the way they work, and so on? And not from the standpoint of how can we fix them? Why are they small? What's their problem? <laughs> right. But what's going on here? So with that as the framework... 
you decided you wanted to look at? How did you land on the idea of let's take a look at is there a correlation between personality and church size? Actually, that came from our conversation because we were talking about the possible research directions. Oh, that's and right. you'd, you'd mentioned this one as a third option, and it just resonated with me and my, with the advisor. Does personality trait factor into the size church that a particular individual may pastor? I had forgotten that that's where that had come from. I remember we'd had the conversations, right. but we had so many, I've forgotten that's where that had come from. And then, so there's a lot of personality tools out there. Why is the ocean assessment tool the one you settled in on? Uh, even though we have a number of tools and they all approach it from a slightly different perspective, we chose the big five because it was the most accepted from years of research in businesses and in other, in okay. other venues. So plus, plus was, when, you, when you go through the list of each of those five, it's not just simply personality in general, but it's really about personality of leaders. It has, yes. more, of a, it has more of a leadership focus than a simple general population focus. Right. Right. Okay. So, so it, it, it is intended to assess the personality of people in leadership, and it's got a, this broad acceptability in academic circles as well. So it's got some, it's got some meat on its bones academically, which right. of course for masters is helpful, but it's also helpful for us because I think a lot of, a lot of what we try to do in small church pastoring is it's really subjective. And it has to be in a lot of times because we don't have the metrics to back it up. Yeah. So I'm thrilled to see somebody doing the academically rigorous work to start figuring out some of these things. So that's the background to it. So now I'm just going to come right out and go, okay, what'd you figure out? What, what, <laughs> what did you discover in in this? Re and we, we, you got a lot of it because you and I worked together. We put it out to a lot of our listeners and readers and we got... I think hundreds of responses, didn't we? We got 748 responses. Which is huge for a project like this, isn't it? Which was absolutely great. Yeah. And based upon those, we came up with a set of numbers. One of the things that I think would have been more helpful is we only had 18 of those 748 responses that pastored churches of 500 or more. Oh, okay. So if we'd had more larger pastor churches, it would have been very helpful. Some of that is because it was a lot of it from my audience, which of course is primarily smaller mid-sized church pastors rather than right. larger ones. So what you're saying is it would be even more accurate if we'd had a higher percentage of big church pastors represented that equals their percentage of the population of pastors. Right, yeah, right. I think, I think that, that would have been uh, definitely a big factor. But it was interesting because there was a study by Ackerman, I thought that was really important, is, you know, the one who's open to experience, open-minded, they're more willing to think outside of the box. And, you know, that that is a positive factor. But none of these personality traits on their own really had a major impact upon the size of a church. I do want to say that okay. up front. Uh, basically, we found that for the most part, the personality traits were not a key factor. There's other factors, sense of effectiveness, sense of uh, engaged in the work. In other words, is, is the work meaningful to you? So there I go back to a little bit about my story. I know that I know that I know that God called me to the ministry. And I have told people, if you don't know that you know that you know, don't become a pastor right. because you cause more harm than good. But it was interesting 
interesting that the higher that they were in being open-minded or open to experience, they were willing to try new things. And I think that is a very positive factor if a person has that leaning. Those who were low in openness to experience preferred routine. Okay, so right. well, that, that's understandable. Conscientious individuals have a tendency to plan more, to organize more, to delay personal gratification. Whereas those who are low in conscientiousness have a tendency to procrastinate more. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was a fascinating insight. And then those who are high in extroversion, they draw energy from interacting with people. You know, I can see the difference between my wife's personality and my personality. I'm more of an extrovert. So I mean, I can be with a group of people and I am ready to go afterwards. And when she's been with a group of people, she's ready to relax, you know. So you can see how that would play in. Agreeableness, now this was an interesting one. It focuses on getting along with others. The problem with getting along with others is we have a tendency to put aside things that we should be working on because it's more about the connecting with people. Those who are low and agreeable tend to not be as trusted as much. I thought that was... That was a factor. Neuroticism or negative emotionality has to do with how comfortable, how confident you are. Those who are low in neuroticism were likely to be more confident and adventurous. So I was very happy when I took the big five and I only scored an eight on neuroticism. You got to give me the scale to tell me that that's good or bad. Well, is it eight there, out of a hundred or eight out of ten? Those only, are two differences. There was only eight questions that. Dealt <laughs> oh, with gotcha. it. So, okay. <laughs> and I scored a one on each one of them, so I was fine. There we go. Gotcha. <laughs> I found out I was not as neurotic as I thought. All right. Potentially so, could be, you know. so there was no big flashing red lights of this is the personality type of a typical small church no, pastor. No, and that and that was encouraging because it goes back to. We know that God is the one who calls people. Right. So we're not looking at it going, well, you're all just a bunch of introverts. That's why you got small churches. Or you're no. all just neurotic. That's why you got small churches. No. Or, or, you, or you're not open to new ideas. That's why your church is stuck in small. So it runs the gamut, Definitely all kinds of different personality types. Mm-hmm. Did anything stand out that particularly surprised you in your research? No. As far as personality traits, no. Actually, I found it quite reaffirming. There's a couple of traits that I thought, oh, well, three of them that just seem to really stand out as having a positive impact on the feeling of effectiveness, being satisfied with where you are. And that had to be with agreeableness, extroversion, and conscientiousness. Those three. But agreeableness had the highest impact on the churches. Agreeableness in the business world, the lower it was, the better they were in, in the business world. But in the church world, that was a very positive factor, I thought. So there was a sense that those who are in small church ministry are what? Those in ministry seem to be a little bit more agreeable than in the business world. Okay. But as as far as church size, nothing really, really stood out on that. Open-mindedness basically had the least impact on church size or the sense of a feeling effective in ministry. Really, it had to do with extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and negative emotionality. In other words, you know, not being too negative. Those four had more impact upon pastors feeling effective, not the open-mindedness. Now, that one surprised me because I figured that maybe that had a factor on why someone pastor a church. But as far as the 
research and testing, it had little impact. Okay. And now a 20 second break to talk about something else. If you like the content you're hearing, here are two things you can do for us. First, forward this podcast to a friend. Secondly, consider becoming a Patreon partner. For as little as $3 a month, you can help us put these resources into the hands of ministries that need it the most. Our Patreon link is in the show notes. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman? Serve in the workplace? Or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. When you and I had talked before, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but I think it was something like one of the takeaways that you had was that pastors who are in small churches, what you discovered wasn't that it was a personality thing as much as it was a suitability. Not, not suitability. It had to do with more of a sense of a calling. So when the pastor felt like the work was meaningful, they were making a difference. They were more engaged with what they were doing. And as they were more engaged in the research, the tools that we used not only felt uh, focusing on the personality traits, which seemed to have the least impact upon the sense of satisfaction of the size of church that one pastors, but it had to do with a sense of meaningful, that the work that they were doing was meaningful, that they were making a difference, that they were effective. So effectiveness and meaningfulness had the biggest impact upon a, a pastor being satisfied with the church that they're pastoring. And what was interesting, part of the research found when we did the discriminant analysis found that more than two-thirds of the pastors were actually in the right-sized church. They just knew that they were where they're supposed to be. Now, we do recognize there's this outside pressure that if your church is not growing, that you're not being effective. That is a sad deception as far as I'm concerned because the research showed that most pastors were really satisfied with where they are. That's fascinating to me because I'm going to rephrase it for my own understanding. What I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will, because <laughs> we're friends and we can do that. When we understand that the work we're doing is effective and has value for the kingdom of God, when our internal voice tells us that, then we can be content and satisfied with where we are, not relaxed, not just sitting there and, and, and not having any goals, but we know we're in the place God called us to be. Yes. But when we listen to the outside voices that tell us you got to get your numbers up, then everything gets confused. Then we start second-guessing mm -hmm. our call. Mm -hmm. 
But when we recognize, yes, I am where God called me to be. I am in the size of church God is calling me to be in for now anyway, and maybe for a long period of time. And our church and the ministry I have in it is being effective for the kingdom of God. If we can listen to, let's just go straight to scripture, that still small voice of God within us speaking and telling us we are in the place we need to be, then we need to just simply turn a deaf ear to the outside voices that are telling us the opposite, because that's not going to drive us to better or bigger. It's going to drive us crazy. And that is a great takeaway, because it will drive you crazy. But here's the thing. It is the Lord who builds his church, partners with us. I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in Westminster Christian Assembly and through Westminster Christian Assembly because I have an opportunity even in my neighbor. We say we have a mission, reach our worlds for Christ, and we all come from different parts of Orange County, so we have people that we are connected with. So I'm having fun in my neighborhood, you know, even through this study to have an influence on people. So the fact that I like to be, a, I'm a little bit extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, an agreeable personality and I'm very conscientious about the conversation I'm having. All of that comes into play. So as far as Westminster Christian Assembly, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know that I am making a difference because of the stories that people tell me. Right. And that makes pastoring Westminster Christian Assembly a joy. Wonderful. That's such a nice little capper for that. I'm going to let that sit because I think a whole lot of us need to hear that, just that heart really there. So from that, let's go to the lightning round questions. And we'll oh, okay. You're going to pull some for that? Here, I huh? am. Okay. What are the biggest changes you've seen in your field of ministry in the last few years and how have you adapted to it? The biggest change for me is going from these different cultures, and I'm in a different culture in Westminster, but being able to adapt to it and work with the, the different people, it calls for being willing to adapt on my part. Mm-hmm. You know, flexibility on my part. And I, I like the old phrase, blessed are the flexible, for they will not break. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's good for us as pastors. But it's interesting because where before I was able to work full time with the church, God prepared me for Westminster by taking me between missions. And when the door opened up, a six-year journey, God told me to step out and I would be pastoring again. But it was six years later before he opened it up. In the meantime, I became a Dale Carnegie trainer. And what a blessing that is, I have a little bit of a fun thing on just a little side note. We pastors are always teaching, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but we never tell them how. Dale Carnegie tells you how. (laughs) So it's a fun thing. Great, great. So what free resource like an app or a website or something like that has helped you lately that you'd recommend for small church ministry? You know, I was thinking about that and I'm not quite sure what is the most valuable resource. I enjoy the podcast. Podcasts are really a uplifting resource. Yeah, it's really becoming a go-to even more so than blog posts and a lot of other, because you can bring in guests like we do here, and you can listen to it whenever you want to and go back to it later. So I'm noticing podcasts are becoming a real big resource for a lot of pastors lately. Uh, What's the best piece of ministry advice you've ever received? Best piece of ministry advice I've ever received was when I was graduating from then Southern California College way back in 1979. Mm. (laughs) The president at that time really focused in and said, stay true to what you know that God wants you to do. And don't second guess everything that's happening, but just stay focused in on the call of God, and then you will find that real peace. 
I think that that was one of the best advices that I have had. But I do appreciate Dr. George Wood because he was my pastor during this period of time. But he just said, focus in on the people. And go. a little side note, mm-hmm. the first church I pastored, I had purposely gone after a double major, one in psychology, one in religion at Southern California College. And I thought I would be doing a lot of counseling. But one of the best pieces of advice came across my desk as a pastor, teach the word and then you'll have to do less counseling. So what's the funniest or weirdest thing you've ever seen in church? I had, I thought about a lot of different stories, and I, I didn't want to play too much with people's mind, but one of the things that happened was to me this year. Oh, okay. Real recent. Then. Real recent. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was in the beginning of the year. We were still not able to meet inside of our building, so we're outside. We have one of our guys built a phenomenal gazebo. I mean, this thing will last for years, so we can do outside ministries and stuff like that. But I had, as a result of living in Athens, Greece, I developed tinnitus or tinnitus, however you want to say it. And so I had this ringing in the ear because Athens was designed for 300,000 people, 6 million people living there is going 24-7. I mean, it's noisy. So I lost an upper level in my hearing and I had just gotten hearing aids. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I take the mask off to speak? And I'm trying not to let people know that I'm having hearing aids. So I took the mask off and what happened to my left hearing aid? down to the ground. I says, okay, everyone knows I have hearing aids now. There you go. So it was just a fun experience. Especially in a small you church. You gotta be real. There are no secrets. No, you gotta be real. <laughs> it's fun. I love the small church. I don't know how I would do it in a large church. Well, and that's a big part of what you did this research for was to be able to help others feel the same way that wherever God has called us is the place we're supposed to be. So thank you for and that, Gene. That's the big thing. Yeah, it wherever is. Wherever God that's, calls you. To be satisfied. Yeah, that's the takeaway. And if anybody who's listening is a student or is interested in assessment tools, I'm constantly trying to encourage folks who are in academia, consider doing academic studies and assessments on small church issues because we don't have enough study. What Gene has done is a part of a very small pool and it's part of the reason we're talking with them today because it's so important for us to do that. And I appreciate the work you've done on it, Gene. And thanks for being a guest today. It's a pleasure, Carl. Isn't it fascinating how so many of the presumptions we hold about small churches and small church leadership just fall to pieces when we really assess them properly? It turns out there is absolutely no correlation between your personality and the size of your church, no matter what you may have been told by somebody else or what you may have thought about it yourself. But there is a huge correlation between whether or not you're following the call God gave you and how effective you can be in that call. So let's answer the question in the title of the podcast, can this work in a small church? Can we say there are certain types of personalities more suited to a small church than a large one? And this time the answer is no. But I always want to give you some answers to that question, right? Even if we're saying no, there's no correlation. No, this can't work in a small church. No, your personality type has nothing to do with the size of your church. Let's take a look at what we can take away from it. First of all, our effectiveness in ministry is tied far more strongly to our understanding that we can be effective, more so than any other factor, including the size of our church or our personality. We have to know we are where God placed us, which leads us to point number two. 
we can be effective in our ministry if we listen closely to our calling to the still small voice of God within us rather than to all of the outside voices that tell us we need to hit certain numbers or that the reason we're not getting bigger is because we've got to change something dramatically. We can be effective where we are. Thirdly, God can use any personality type to accomplish His will for His church, including whatever combination of personality types you may have inside your own head, your heart, and your life. Well, if you'd like to become a Patreon partner for as little as $3 a month and help us put these resources into the hands of the ministries that need it the most, check out our Patreon link in the show notes. If you want a transcript of this episode, it will be available within a few days of the podcast air date at christianitytoday.com slash carlvaders. You can find the link for that in the show notes. This episode was produced by Veronica Beaver, edited by Jack Wilkins, original theme music written and performed by Jack Wilkins of jackwilkinsmusic.com, podcast logo by Solomon Joy of joyetic.com, and me, I'm Carl Vaders, and I'm a small church pastor. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com CT.